Hello and welcome to Big Fish Little Pond. My name is Glenn Manton and on the other side of the improvised microphone, in brackets iPhone, age journalist Anthony Colangelo. Uh, hello, Glenn. How are you going? I am all the better for returning for the second week in a row to the treehouse here in Seddon, the home of fun and frivolity, the home of ambience. We've lit a couple of candles here. We've got the football on in the background, Adelaide Crows v. Richmond. What more could I want? What have you got down there? Can you see what you've got well, down I'll there? tell you what I've got down there, and, and our, our podcast regulars will appreciate the rabbit holes we stumble down, and already we fall down one here tonight. As you've got some Western Bulldogs, I'm going to class it as memorabilia here in the lounge room. So my housemate is best mates with Tom Liberatore, the Western Bulldogs midfielder. And best that. mates? Yep. Where um, did he meet him? Uh, they met at school, I believe. School friends. They've been friends since children. Uh, that's a print, a framed and signed uh, kind of... Montage. Say, a montage of Tom playing football. I think he was awarded it for his 100th game. And he's given it to Joey. I think that's very nice. Who's, who's my housemate? We haven't hung it up yet. It's, it's resting against the wall. It that's is cool. resting against the wall. We'll get there. You've got some interesting features to this room. Next to the heater, which you've managed to find a way to subdue tonight and stop its whirling and warring sort of sound. You've got a, uh, what I would call, some sort of uh, improvised clothes horse, yeah. which is extending up the wall. You've got a beanbag on a chair, which is an interesting way yeah. for anyone to sit. You've got a, um, what it looks like, a photograph from uh, the Geneva Convention. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's from a UN meeting at, um, in Geneva. Found that at an op shop. That is actually a very, very cool photo. What op shop did you find that in? Uh, my former housemate found it. I think it was Savers. In Savers, in Footscray. Yeah. So there's a very Western Bulldog slash Footscray theme oh, here, yeah. as you'd expect in Seddon. And then right behind us, we've got a, an extraordinary depiction of uh, a horse with a uh, slightly what I'll call munted tail, at least from this angle, it looks like that tail has been chopped. Is that correct? Am yeah. I seeing that correctly? Yep. It looks, the tail looks like a bit like a feather duster. It's been bobbed. Yeah. Uh, the horse, do you know anything about that? This no. horse print? Because it has got an eerie eye on me. Yeah, not sure. Again, that one's from Savers too. Oh, that's from Savers as well. A lot of this house is from... Sponsored by Savers. Yeah, it looks good though. We've got, I've got a painting in the other room. You can't see. It's just... Like it looks like it's set in Shakespearean times. Just four blokes sitting around a table talking. Found that one next to a dumpster in Richmond one time and I picked it up and brought it here. I like it. You really seem to have a, an eye for good art. Oh, yeah. And, and speaking about a couple of guys, or in, in that case, four divided by two, two in this case, guys just sitting around a small coffee room table yeah. wanting to talk a little bit of AFL. Big Fish Little Pond, you'll find us on iTunes, Spotify. In fact, if you're here, you've probably found us on those two particular forums once or twice before, if not by chance tonight. As I said earlier on in the pod, we've got Richmond Adelaide on in the background here. Wow. Are, are we going places on this pod? Are we really stepping up the gear by actually having the subject matter that we're supposed to speak to week in, week out and somehow some, avoid? You try and do some live commentary. I've got really no interest. Let's do you just, know any of the players? I know quite a few of the players. Tom Lynch there? And, Dan Rioli? Yeah. You, uh, you're really nailing it. You're, you're, you're painting an amazing picture for me. They're all there? Yeah, they're all there. And what about this idea of 
coaching from the boundary line. What are your thoughts on that? Let's start the show there. We've got um, Dimmer, in inverted commas, down on the boundary line with his troops. What do you think about that? I like it. I think it shows how much, in the end, well, now, the coaches really, with the fact that you can't have runners on during the game or during general play, you can only have runners for that 30 seconds in between goals, it's very hard for the coaches to influence what's going on in the field during the quarter. So I get that the coach would want to be on the bench so when players do come off, they can have some sort of impact and get their message to the players as quickly as possible. I know it's been going on since before this season, but it seems to be happening more this season. I think that's maybe a reason why. So you asked what I think about it. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense too. How many AFL coaches, just as a sort of straw poll, you're the only person I'm turning to, do coach from the bench on a regular basis? I've seen Hardwick down there quite a few yeah, times so now Hardwick, in season 2019. Um, let's go through the teams. I've seen Hardwick do it. I see Leon Cameron do it. I see Clarko do it. He's done it for quite a while. Mm. Does Be- no, Bevo doesn't do it. Uh, Who's the one coach you could not imagine getting down there? Well, I've, I've never seen Nathan Buckley ever do it. No, I, I think I feel like I have seen Brendan Bolton used to do it. Um, doesn't do it anymore. No, it doesn't do it anymore. I reckon there's probably only seven. Or, it's probably half or less than half. Because would you suggest and agree that the modern AFL coach is essentially a manager? He's not so much the coach, at least on game day. Isn't his job to manage? Yeah, and, and the, yeah, the job is to manage. Then the coach will also say, this is the direction or type of game we want to play. Assistant coaches, can you spread that message to your forward line, back line, midfield and come up with systems that work. So, for example, the midfield coach will say, come up with a system in the midfield that's going to deliver me this or come up with a defensive system that's going to deliver me this within this game plan. And I think, yeah, he would just have that coach would just have oversight. I'm sure there's there's coaches who are more hands-on than others, but I think the best ones um, delegate and have a lot of trust in their assistant coaches. And yeah, a lot of people... That's... I'm pulling you up right there. How many times do we see or hear examples of AFL coaches unable to delegate, unable to let go of the reins, and essentially they're trying to take over the high-performance sports development space, the medical space, their assistant coaches' spaces. To me, that is one of the big issues not just in AFL but across all sports and if you're a coach can you actually uh, take criticism take feedback have conversations ask questions and delegate as required and, and I think the better coaches are brilliant at that and the, the, the lesser coaches the ones who get tipped out are the ones who are just micromanaging control freaks well, it was one of the big things that Nathan Buckley improved in from 2017 to 2018 is that he delegated a lot more to his assistant coaches and look what Collingwood were able to do and look what how his perception in the public has changed. I think changed we've, we've touched on it before on this podcast that Nathan Buckley was, uh, I think, a long time coming to that uh, conclusion about his own style, his own personality, his own coaching, but thankfully he reached that point. I say thankfully because the competition doesn't need another powerhouse club struggling. And in 2019, we've got 
Carlton struggling, but we've got some other interesting well, clubs struggling you say as well. The word powerhouse club, are Essendon and Carlton even powerhouses anymore? Can you consider them powerhouses? I would certainly consider the Essendon Football Club a powerhouse, really? wouldn't you? Wouldn't Wouldn't you say that the Essendon Football Club? They haven't made a club... final since two thousand one. Now, again, sorry, I, they haven't won a final since two thousand one. I'm going to pull you up hard on this, and I think it's worthwhile for our listeners too. Clarify your comment. 2001 was the last time Essendon won a final? Correct. Wow. How many times have Essendon been to the finals, roughly? No, don't look it up on your oh, phone. Our listeners... To. I want to get the our, exact amount. Oh, I want okay, to be right. Okay, you want to be right. We're back at school. What's your ATAR score? I'm really interested in this because I would have thought Essendon featured in... And I'm just guessing from afar because I haven't studied it, that Essendon featured in the finals from 2001 to 2019... At least five or six times, but I got a funny feeling you're going to tell me that that is completely wrong. You know, they. Oh, I don't know how I can find this to be honest. Well, that's. They, they, well, I know the stat is they've only won one, haven't won a final since two thousand and one. Okay, well then that's that's a more than fair. They're comment. in the finals in twenty seventeen, and they lost to Sydney in the elimination final. That was smashed. So, I would not call Essendon and Carlton a powerhouse club anymore because. Over the past 20 years, they've not so, performed in a way... Who are your three powerhouse clubs? Who, do you, who are the three most influential football clubs in AFL? No, you know what? I retract that question. Who are the three most influential football clubs, point blank? AFL, VFL, oh. Waffle, Sandful. Who are the three clubs that you see as the powerhouse clubs in this country? Hawthorne. Collingwood? Mm, well, no. You've got to either have one of West Coast or Adelaide in there. And you'd put Hawthorne ahead of Collingwood? I'd say Hawthorne, West, Co- West Coast. Almost, this is not ranked. This is just the top three. Okay. Why is why is Hawthorne in there, not Collingwood? Well, I am going to put Collingwood in oh, there. Oh, so, excuse me. Yeah, so yeah, you're, not, you're not letting me finish. Please. Off the top of my head, without giving it too much thought, Hawthorne, Collingwood, West Coast. And that is based on membership or regular finals appearance? All or those things. Membership, Geelong, finals appearance. Geelong doesn't get a chance in here? Geelong. To niche, so to speak? No, no, no. Geelong are unlucky to miss out. Unlucky to miss out? Yeah. It would, I, the, the third spot would be between Collingwood and Geelong. Geelong have had more success over the past 10 years. But, and they're very successful off-field. But in terms of being a big club that's known around Australia, a big club that uh, has large attendances, a lot of clout, you'd say Collingwood has been. What was the original question? (laughs) Influential? It's just the most influential club. So I was curious as to whether, you know, a Port Adelaide of the Sandful uh, origin, not not necessarily who we see out on the field representing the AFL, if you thought that they were influential. It's hard for me to comment on that. I wasn't around. I I don't know the history of, you know, I wasn't around. Well, I was alive, but I was young when Port was still part of the Oh, you're still young. You're Younger. a young, well, what do you think? vibrant what are man. Your... Oh, I'm just really interested in your thoughts on the Richmond Football Club. Are they just too new to the winning game, so to speak? Yeah, Richmond, yeah. That's a fair call. Yeah. That's a fair call. Well, in that case, who are your three most irrelevant clubs? 
I'll tip one in there. I always just think St Kilda's largely irrelevant. Yeah. I don't feel like they've got any strangled hold on, on any part of the game, to be quite honest. Yep. I'd agree with that. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, last 20 years you can have to put Carlton in that space. Yep. They're generation, generationally defunct. And um, I'd say the Western Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs. And, and the, the I love the Bulldogs. The sad thing about the Western Bulldogs, and I've, again, I've harped on this before, but that premiership that they won really should have been a catalyst to great things, and it hasn't been. So Essendon just hanging in there. They really need to find some success over the next two to three years. But yeah, but you got to say who your top three are. My top three clubs, point blank. Well, I would think that Collingwood definitely would be one of the most influential sporting teams in this country, mm-hmm. bar none. I'm curious about the Sydney Swans because there's a bit of mystique about them, who they are, what they're about, etc., etc. And my, my third uh, club, look, I know that around this country that there are some interesting football clubs, whether they be on the Tiwi Islands or in Queensland, you know, the broad beaches of the world have a, a rich history of attracting interesting people and, and playing good football out of their facilities South and so Port forth. Sharks. Southport Sharks, these sorts of teams. Big um, club. Very big club. Uh, if we're keeping it probably more AFL-based, uh, I think... My third club that I might throw in there is, I mean, some people might see it as a, a bit of a wild club, a wild card, and but you did mention it too. Yeah, you're Pro- going to say something ridiculous. No, here. I'm not. I'll, I would say Hawthorne. Okay. I just I don't see them as a particularly glamorous club, to be honest. I, I think they are. I, I don't. I just see them as a, a consistently, uh, I guess, well... Poor wording on my behalf. A consistently consistent club. Right. They're always thereabouts. They're always playing reasonable football. And you look at uh, the ball, the, the great, the the so, game that we're, we're watching now, uh, where <laughs> what you just oohed and out about a Tom Lynch. Just mark. took a specky. Uh, do you think he's a hundred percent? No, he's not. He's not. he's apparently only training once or twice a week. Played well tonight, though. And in, what, would in his in, what would his injury be? Is he it still knee his, his knee issue? Yeah. yeah, I thought he looked very proppy in the preseason. And the, the gentleman that he took the mark on, <laughs> I tell you what, is looking a little worse for wear. Because Tom Lynch would be how big, how tall? Oh, he'd be 190 at least. 190 and 95, 100 kilo? Yeah, probably. Can, just while we're talking about this game, Richmond have been ravaged by injuries. So they're missing Cochin. Yep. They're missing... Rance, obviously. Yep. They're missing Edwards. Yep, they're done. No, no, no. They're missing missing a few others. Tonight, Dustin Martin's captaining the club for the first time. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Dustin Martin as a captain? Because he's not... I mean... I know. He's captain tonight because there's a lot of them out, but what do you... like? I, I think they're done for the year. Okay. I think there's just too much to come back they're from. They're playing well tonight against Adelaide. That's Adelaide fine. are a good side. That's fine. It's, it's early days. It's early days in a game. Second quarter. Uh, look, I think they're done as a, as a team this year. I just think it's going to be too much, uh, too hard to come back from all those injuries. And I feel sorry for them because you don't want to see anyone uh, suffer through injury, and, and particularly a team. Dustin Martin... Rewald and Asprey also out, sorry. And huge losses. I'm, I am a, a... When Jack Rewald is on, I'm a big fan of the way he plays. I love the... The attack on the ball. The interesting thing about your question is that Dustin Martin, uh, I think, has all the potential to be an idiot. 
Mm-hmm. He has all the potential to uh, let himself down. And when I say that, I'm talking about just silly observation. The guy's got tattoos, a short haircut, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. I personally, whether it's in the media, whether it's on the field, I always personally find him to be someone who appears sincere. Yep. And I like the way in which he plays the game. I think he's consistent in his efforts. I've never really seen him turn it up. Um, I've never seen that occur in out of Dustin Martin. There's been some moments where he's looked tired and fatigued and so forth, but anyone can have those moments. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be a rah-rah captain. I don't really see that as his personality. But Not at all. He's very quiet. He's, yeah, he's a quiet sort of guy. Well called by the umpire there that was out on the full, and the umpire had to make a courageous call. Uh, hopefully those players don't abuse the umpires or the AFL's got somebody in exactly the uh, right. in the crowd there to pick out the umpires' abusers. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I'd quite like him as a person. In fact, my only criticism of him, quite honestly, is I probably, after however many years that he's been playing, uh, would like to know a little bit more about him. Maybe yep. it's time for him to step up and just share a little bit more about his person, his personality. We've heard the current affair stories about his dad and so forth. They don't really interest me on any level. Uh, nor Good to do know I, you watch a current affair. Yeah, well, I see commercial breaks, unfortunately. Uh, I don't really care to know everything about Dustin Martin. I'm not asking for that. But just little glimpses here and there. And I respect the fact that he appears to be a private person, which is completely fine uh, I, yeah I, I really don't have anything negative to say about the guy but as, as a captain you don't have to be rah-rah but I think you have to have integrity and I, have, I think you have to be sincere in the way you go about your business uh, so you're yeah so bouncing off what you just said so he did have the potential obviously to be a bad boy Hmm. Well, I'm just. There was, that whole, there was the chopsticks thing. Yeah, well, I think that which was, was which that was, was absolute rubbish. I yeah, think. which was unclear what happened there. But once that finished, and in the past few years when he's become one of the best players in the competition, and he's had all this attention on him and all this pressure on him, he's right. Well, from the outside, he's handled it absolutely wonderfully. Right? He's absolutely humble. Yeah, very much plays so. the game in really nice spirit. He's tough. He's not kind of a thug or anything. He had that kind of, well, he's had, he opened up and said he had some mental health issues, Mm -hmm. um, dealing with those. So I agree, he's... And I know some people who know him and the comment about who he is and as a person is always that he's a very good person. And and that's a, a wonderful bit of feedback. No one has to share that about you. And I think it's great that people observe him to be a, a decent human being. I think the, the, the interesting thing is, and this is uh, worth noting, is that if you look like Dustin Martin, and we all choose how we look, including myself, uh, that does not give anyone the right just to you know, create uh, drama around you. Yeah. And it takes a lot of uh, consistent effort to avoid... Uh, buying into that sort of business and I would suggest and as you alluded to we weren't there we don't know the facts the truth but I would suggest that the whole chopsticks incident was that sort of incident I'm sure if it was just Joe Bloggs and not Dustin Martin that nothing would have come of that whatsoever um interesting as well that they made him captain Dylan Grimes is playing tonight I would have thought they made would make him captain he's another one 
um, who I, another Richmond player I really admire as a player and both as a person. Um, I thought they'd make him captain, so yeah. I think the bottom line for me in terms of the captain of any sport is quite often nothing more than a figurehead and sometimes a political decision. I've been around lots of different captains in lots of different spaces who weren't much chopped, to who be honest. Who was the best captain you had? Oh, goodness in me. all of the spaces that you were in. Oh, goodness. That's a really tough Including one. Including bobsled and <laughs> uh, soccer. You put me into a, an interesting position here where I really have to reflect on the fly uh, look, you know what? In, in many respects, I'd have to push back to my Essendon days and and think about someone, you know, the, the Terry Danhers of this world, the Tim Watsons of this world, who I kind of feel like uh, they were exactly as advertised, particularly like a Terry Danaher. Yeah. You know, come on, boys. Yeah, yeah we're just going to get out there and we're yeah. going to do... And it, it didn't modulate. It didn't vary from week to week. It was yeah. just that same consistency of approach and person. And there wasn't terribly much complication there. And there was... I, I can't think of a time where any of the Danahers were ever belittling to myself or anyone in that space. Uh, of course... Uh, as a captain, you, you often have to uh, sell a tough message. But I think there was just a, a sort of country humility yeah. to the way in which they went about their business, the Danahers as a group, but Terry particularly as a captain. I feel like that's that's a, not a bad trait to have as a captain. Nothing worse than a captain who's neither here nor there. Was Craig Bradley ever captain? Carlton? Oh, look, that's, again, something that will catch me off guard as, as being able to give the facts, but there were certainly games where he was a captain, and there's another human being whom I feel has those similar traits of consistency. Oh, so you've spoken highly about him before. Yeah, I really like Craig Bradley. I, I like him as a person, and of course, as a player, uh, exceptional footballer, but an extraordinary athlete. I mean, we're talking about a guy who um, is significantly older than me, who could still probably... He must be old. He is incredibly old. Jesus. He's somebody who can still lay down a very impressive tan time trial time, you know, and, and someone who really lived his values. You see a lot of AFL footballers and athletes in general, they are all about training and, and participating in their sport, but once they walk away from it, they let themselves go in many different ways, not just physically. And I, I always find that a little frustrating. Like you've got this beautiful base to work from, uh, in fact, just today, I was sent a message by somebody about Muhammad Ali talking about his uh, not really being uh, the sort who wanted to train. And I actually messaged back because I was in the gym when I got the message saying, you know what, I love training. I love being in that environment of trying to better myself, whether it's in the gym or running and whatnot. So uh, it, it, you, you bring up an interesting topic. Is there a, a captain in the AFL? He's Dustin. Look at that. He's speaking to the team at... Half-time. Half-time. Interesting on the field. Uh, is there a captain, captain in the, in the AFL, AFL whom you think, you know, probably shouldn't be captain? It's not really their, their gig? Um, well, Taylor Walker's had a lot of criticism and he's now, he's now co-captain with Rory Sloan. So he was sole captain for the past few years. He strikes me as the sort of person who was told, uh, whether he's younger or even uh, now as he's a little bit older, 
don't cry, yeah. don't show any emotion, yeah. you know, pump people up, get them around. Oh, look, I, I, if a lot of people one were comment, told that, to be oh, fair. Absolutely. But if there's one comment I hate in football, it's get around him, boys. Yeah. Like, it's just so inane. It's, it's, it's an ordinary comment, like get around him, boys. It it's almost promotes insincerity. I'm not a fan of it. And I feel like Taylor Walker would have been uh, given a whole heap of those sorts yeah. of uh, uh I guess guidance yeah. uh, as to how to be a captain and so forth. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't really think of any. I think they're all fine. They're all fine. The yeah. We will share with the uh, our audience that we just saw Buddy Franklin kick a goal from the boundary line as part of Channel 7's uh, extra cheesy seven plays in seven days. Give me, give me your feedback on this one. It's just a completely random question. Who's had a bigger influence on AFL football and a, and a better career, if you like? Buddy Franklin, you'll never pick who I'm going to put you up against here, or Neil Danaher. Who's had a greater uh, influence impact? What do you think? On AFL football? Yeah, the landscape, community, Australia. Well, I never saw Neil play. Apparently he was the best of the Danahers. Um, I've only seen him as a coach and what he's doing now and has been doing for the past few years and I've seen all of Buddy's career. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like Neil's brought all of Australia together but so has Buddy. Mm. The reason I, I ask it is because I just get so tired of the comments around he's a champion or he's the greatest or whatnot. Again, here's Neil Danaher, career essentially cut short through injury, completely ravaged by injuries. Uh, as I said, apparently the best of the Danahers goes on, coaches, has an impact there, but then takes what is an incredibly uh, confounding disease, mm. condition, mm. and turns it into quite a spectacular cause, to be honest. We've seen just recently so many players go the uh, big freeze at the G and plunge into the pool, something that looks to be gaining momentum. And yeah. so many of those things seem to drop off after year two or three, but yeah. this is something that seems to gain momentum. Uh, it's just really interesting. And it's off the back of his, kind of the, the role he plays in it, his generosity of giving of himself even though he's kind of in that state like um, I was reading the other day in terms of how many people around the world MND affects it's not that many compared to a lot of other mm. terminal diseases but off the back of Neil it's the one that's just cutting through in terms of a campaign more than any of the others at the mm. moment so that would suggest that I'm not saying any one disease is more worthy of coverage than another, but that it's usually how it works, that whichever disease is affecting more people is the one that gets more coverage. So mm. he's, he's, yeah, his ability to sell the message, for want of a better word, um, given how ill he is, is quite remarkable. Have you had a flu shot? No. Should I? I haven't had one either. Okay. Should we? No, I'm not going to get one. I don't want to get one either. Why not? Because I just believe in my body's ability to build resilience and immunity towards okay. the flu. Was, Why don't you get one? I was busy. Can't afford it? <laughs> 
We get them at work. I was busy the day. You get them at work? Yeah, I was busy the day that they were at work. Do they so. come around your desk? No, you, you know. You pants just, down, bang. No, no, no. You just. You're next to Caroline Wilson, you with your pants down, bang. Greg Bomb, bang. That's not funny. You get it You get it in the arm. You get it in the arm? Yeah. Well, you can take it in anywhere you want, can't you? I've had a lot of needles in my life and they've all been in my arm. <laughs> You've never got one in the bum? No. It's a humiliating thing to have to experience. Pulling your pants down and copying a needle in the bum. Why did you get a needle in the bum? Oh, I've had lots of needles in the bum. What was, just tell, you know, tell us one. Oh, one. just I can think of him as a kid. There was no getting a needle in the arm. You used to get a needle in the bum. Why? I don't know. That's just where they used to stick the needle. Sounds like all the doctors were grubs. Oh, there was a lot of grubby doctors yeah. who were... You know, probably didn't have working with children's checks. Well, yeah, I don't think it was a thing back then, was it, the working with children check? No, it probably was not a thing. It should have been. should have been. In fact, I was at a function recently where someone brought up in a jovial manner Zig and Zag, and that didn't go down terribly well Zig at all. Zig Zag. You don't remember Zig and Zag? No. No, I'll do some research. You're too young for Zig and Zag. I want to repeat. Can't you just tell me? Pretty creepy clowns. Oh, right, okay. I'm sure no one listening to this podcast is a huge fan of clowns. Uh, speaking of clowns, uh, how do you see Carlton Football Club things playing out there over the next few weeks? And I say that with tongue in cheek. We're just having a laugh here. Well, Stephen could... Silvani apparently stepping aside. Yeah, looks like it. Thoughts there? Um, I think he's reading the tea leaves and knows that Oh. The winds of change might be sweeping through the club. and He's been to the gypsies. Yeah, I think he's been reading the tarot cards and been getting his chakras realigned or whatever. <laughs> and he... You genuinely made me laugh. For the first time since I've known you, genuinely made me laugh. Thanks, I like that. That's good. You know I've got a haircut and you haven't noticed? Oh, I've noticed, all right. Oh, but it's just, this thing. isn't a visual medium, so there's no point really bringing that up. Um, yeah, so what was I saying? Steven Silvani was, he, I reckon he knows that his time's up and he's going to walk before he is... Pushed? Pushed. That's interesting. It would be very... Bored? It would be very um, undignified for a club great some, to leave the club not of his own accord. Some rumours that he'll head to Fremantle. Yeah, possible. Mm. What about the board? Does the board stay on board? Yeah, I think the board will stay. Hmm. Okay, I think time will tell on that one. I'm not, not as confident as you are. Oh, on really? What do, you, what do you think is going on there? Well, I just think that there's some question marks around that space and that there will have to be an internal review around the entire process of the Carlton Football Club, including the board's processes. Now, okay. we just saw on the television again behind us as we sit here in the treehouse that Carlton play the Western Bulldogs Give us a bit of a heads up as to what you think I was take speaking place there. to a colleague in the office today who's a Western Bulldog supporter and they are not comfortable or confident at all. They think wow. they're going to lose. They lost to Carlton five or six weeks ago and they think it's going to happen again. And I probably agree. Now, if Carlton... This is really interesting. If Carlton go back-to-back wins and then into the bye, quite honestly... There is potential that they could turn the second half of the year around. I really believe that. There could be a, a complete refocus, reshift and reinvigoration of their entire club. And I think that's a great thing. I'm not suggesting that they steal uh, the eighth spot on the ladder and then make it the finals and then win a premiership. But I'm just thinking on the back half of the year, maybe they can win a third of their games. It's possible, but 
You think it's beyond them? I think it's beyond them. Okay. They'll win maybe one or two. One, for the year? More. More, you think? They'll beat the Bulldogs and then after the bye they might win. Yeah. One or two, three or four at best. If Carlton could finish the year with five or more wins, that would be a huge step in the right direction. That'd be remarkable. It'd be fantastic yeah. to see. Let's quickly whip through... Oh. Before we get to this, my apologies. I just want to make a quick note. Your thoughts on the AFL's uh, supposed uh, infiltrators in the stands. Is it a true story or not? I'm sick of it, to be honest. Is it a true story or not? I think it is, yeah. So, so the AFL happened, planted people... It's happened in soccer before. Okay, so planted so people... not beyond the role ...observe and, and make comment about people's yeah. behaviour. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Is that a poor action? The right thing to do? The AFL would have had a few nervous moments about some crowd behaviour this year. Um, I don't know. You seem really down it's on not, this it's, question. Yeah, it's just... Uh, you're, you're over it from a journalistic like people, standpoint? People should just behave. Okay. That's what pisses me off. Ooh, some should, language. They, they shouldn't have, to, shouldn't have to do this. But do you I think... I get why they're doing it, but I also get why it's stupid and it's wrong. I don't agree with it. And they shouldn't be doing it, but I get why they're doing it. Because the stuff we've been seeing in terms of fights... The fighting's disgraceful. And Joffa Williams... Is it Joffa Williams? Joffa Korf. Korf. Where did I get Williams from? Joffa Korf has come out and said that he won't attend the game anymore. And he thought that the fans were the game. And the fans aren't the game, Joffa. That's the first point we need to make there. The fans are not the game. The players are not the game. The umpires are not the game. The game's not the game. We're all the game. No, no one is the game. There'd be no game without fans, though. Be no game without players. No game without good umpires. No good, no good game is run without good administration. So to think that you're the game is a little bit, I think, arrogant. Uh, having said that... Cracker Joffa. It's not, not a cracker job. It's just the reality that no one's the game. The game is ours to share collectively and we build it together. Um, given the fact that there is this angst in the stands and so forth, what's the solution to it? AFL just needs to come out and be clear on what is and isn't allowed. I think that's what people are confused about. And they need to come out and be clear and say if they do have undercover people in the stands or not, that's wrong. Do you, they're the two, they're the two if things, I was at the the football with you, people off. If I was at the football with you and there was a controversial decision, 50-50 borderline decision, and I yelled out, ah, oh, come on, you white maggots. Have you oh, got a problem what, with that? No, I've got no problem with that. So the only problem I have with that is it's not funny. No, of course it's not funny. Yeah. It's just, I'd be, I'd cringe. That's the oh, problem really? I have with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's almost a dad joke. But what do you think is going too far? Dropping the F-bomb, etc. all this sort of stuff? Yeah, probably the F-bomb and the C-bomb you probably don't need. Oh, you don't need that at all, no doubt. But is there room for some creativity? Because this is the part that I'd throw yeah, back to. It's, quite, show it's back. quite clear what's okay and what's not. As long as you don't... No bad profanities, nothing racial, nothing sexist. Nothing So um, me, you know, the umpire, you're throwing it up like a girl. Can yeah. I throw that? Can uh, I say that? You, sh- you, you shouldn't get kicked out for saying that. It's wrong to say that, but you shouldn't get kicked out for saying that. So old mate Joffa and so forth, the one thing that is 100% true is the game is better for those characters in the outer and those supporters who have great passion and commitment to the uh, game itself. So we don't want to see people like Joffa there. Maybe a handbook 
maybe it should come into the game a little handbook. Oh, it's no, no, no. How how to support by Gil McLaughlin. Bubble riding heading. A couple of nice little pictures in there. Yeah, I reckon you should some you should, quotes. You should do it. You've written books before. Why maybe don't you, you should write? do that. Yeah. Supporter's guide to supporting. Yeah. Brilliant. Put I'm, your damn phone down. I'm straight onto it. Yeah. Pick your phone up and quickly to round out our podcast because you you're starting really quickly? you're starting to get tired. Yeah, I can tell what you like. Oh, I've got to get up at two a.m. to watch the Matildas. You have to get up at two a.m. Yeah. Are you doing a story? No, on? but you've got it's you're Matildas in the World country. Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like it. What about who's the Matildas coach? Uh, Ante Milicic I love his ridiculous And I'm, don't try and uh, suggest that I'm uh, Word perfect in my Repraisal of what he had to say But he said something like If this is the hard road We'll take the hard road It was such a trite comment to make yeah. But I thought so beautifully sporty That is yuck It was yuck Who's going to win this game That's on in the background so here So half time at the moment Richmond are up by 11 points And I think Richmond will win I would say Adelaide will come back and win this game and I'm prepared to allow you off the hook for Kitchen Samrat, the king of kitchens. I'll go double or nothing. You want to go double or nothing? I'm happy to go double or nothing. I don't encourage gambling, but when it's for pakoras and samosas... So you're saying if Adelaide win... And a lassie. Adelaide win, I still pay? Oh, you pay double. What do you mean double? Well, you say like, oh, the bill's $40, but I'm going to give you guys $80. No, you give me 40 on top of it. (laughs) No. Now let's oh. just let's just not let's just. I'm gonna buy you kitchen salmon you next really week, do right? Okay, let's just have leave. to buy me that meal. Yeah, right, losing. Just, okay, let's just leave that. Let's you know North Melbourne. We don't have to have, we don't have to bet. All right, next one. Essendon Hawthorne at Marvel. I reckon that's gonna be good. Orazio Fantasia back. Dylan Shield back. I reckon Essendon. Okay, keep going. Gold Coast Saints will be no, this. Couldn't even Riverway care. Riverway Stadium. Where the hell is that? Ah, uh, it's in in the south of Queensland. Is it? No, I've got no idea. Move on. Where's Riverway Stadium? Let it go. I Just, can't. You have to let it go. Optus Stadium. Sorry, I'm reading the game. Frio Port. That should be an okay game. Yeah, it's going to be a cracker. Frio will win. Next one. Carlton Bulldogs. We've told well, you. Well, we know that that will be a good game. Carlton will win that. And okay. there's one game on the Sunday. Who is that? North Melbourne GWS. Reese Shaw coaching against Heath Shaw. Who wow. plays for GWS. There you go. You'll know him back the front. Uh, well, can we go out? That's and, in Tassie. Ooh. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that North could win that. Well, yeah, given it's in Tassie, I would agree. North but North could win that. I'm going to say GWS. What else to win? That's our, that's our round. That's it. Because we're done. Buyers, because we're Brisbane, Collingwood, Geelong, Melbourne, Sydney, West Coast. All having a rest. All having a rest. Well, we'll let you have a rest given the fact that you're getting up at 2 a.m. to take in the Matildas who are just doing it the hard way and that's the way they like it. You said it. You've been listening to Big Fish Little Pond. Reach out, subscribe, rate, iTunes, Spotify. Well, we don't need to tell you that. We've already found us. Drop me a direct message and say good day and drop in any questions for myself. Any photos you want to send in. We've got some plans for this podcast over the next few weeks, so we'll uh, slowly unveil an upgraded uh, Big Fish Little Pond approach. Going off in the holster there a little bit, but anyway. That may, we've got to have confidence. Confidence, baby, confidence. I'd call that going off in the holster, but you call it confidence. I'd say it's confidence. Okay. Absolutely. Rolando Blackman, you don't know that, do you? NBA basketball. Possibly shot yourself in the foot. Speaking of basketball. No. Tomorrow. Game game six six tomorrow. Game six. My son, Archie Wolf, will not be going to school. Actually, I don't say that because what if one of his teachers listens? I don't care if one of his teachers is listening to this big podcast of Big Fish Little Pond. 
come and sort it out with me in the back streets of the western suburbs. You're saying you're going to fight one of his teachers? Absolutely. All right, this is degenerated. <laughs> Mate, take a deep breath. It's called laughing. No, you shouldn't be joking about fighting with teachers. Oh, why not? Did you ever fight with a teacher? Oh, Wayne Carey oh, playing Wayne for the playing uh, footy for Maribyrnong team. Football Club. Is that what it is, Maribyrnong? Yeah, he does not look at all good. You think so? No, he looked very proppy there. He oh, very okay. ordinary. I don't think he should be doing that. I think he should be fighting the back streets of the western suburbs. Yeah, says the man who played country footy last year at age 70. But anyway. Wow. Uh, Cheap right, shot to finish it. the pod. Thanks for joining us. Get out of the treehouse. We'll speak to you soon.